What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Manscaped, John. Manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code HAM. But ease.com, John, promo code HAM, or easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Has it all. CBD, again, easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Those guys, those two guys, Jalen and Debo, stand out immediately. You're like, whoa. That's, and you know what they just look like? Like normal teams, wide receivers. <laughs> let's, let's talk about them. I mean, I, I think what you, <laughs> what you tweeted was like, these, little, these look like Farhan guys. Like, they're new. The second they show up, they look like they're the best. And I was thinking this watch of the game, like how much do I have to take this with a grain of salt, just given that it's a preseason game. But uh, given that a lot was expected of them, them playing like that was not a surprise. I didn't know that they would necessarily look that way. But if they didn't, I think we'd be sitting here today talking about how it has to be disappointing that they didn't because so much is invested in them. Completely agree. They also got the treatment like you guys, just because you got drafted high, you haven't arrived. They were kind of treated like undrafted free agents. Uh, Pettis, Richie James, and Kendrick Bourne got to play a bunch early in the game. Those guys didn't really kind of come in until later in the second quarter, then the second half. They said, okay, you're going to make us wait for our time? We're going to run circles around everyone, as they should. And the Cowboys are rolling out practice squad dudes, and they kicked the shit out of them. So I think it immediately shows, like, these guys are better than those other guys. Like, Kendrick Bourne's not good enough. Richie James will get you beat. You cannot rely on those guys. They, they will get you beat in the game. They cannot catch the ball. Jalen, clearly he's really skilled, but to me the thing that really jumped out on his first touchdown was he lowered his shoulder at the goal line against a safety. Like, that's just, yeah. that's the guy that's fighting people. That's, it wasn't clear when he caught the football that he was definitely going to score. Well, does Dante Pettis score or Marquise Goodwin score with two guys at the three-yard line? No well, chance. I mean, Goodman, can he beat them to the spot? Maybe? But he ain't running through anyone, right? No, yeah. And Dante, not either. I, I mean, I, Deshaun might just slide. You know, I mean, it's not, I don't think you need to lower your shoulder right there. But to me, that's a positive. Like, okay, I am enormous. I'm going to run you over. I'm going to fall in the goal line. Like, that's a mindset that guy has. Like, of course, that's the guy fighting people. He's tough. He's a tough guy. And to me, Debo plays 
I don't know if Debo's a tough guy or not, like his personality. Like, I don't know if he's starting fights or whatever. But he plays like a tough guy. Contested catches, you run it yeah, hard. back to that ball from CJ. Yeah. Remember, you just saw it when you see him. Remember, his legs, his ass is huge. Yeah. And you go, that guy just looks physical, right? He has a physical body. If he wants to play that way, he can. And so, you know, I mean, like, if you told me, this is where I think it's kind of interesting, is let's say the Niners come out week one. Is it a good thing if Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel are starting wideouts and they beat out Dante Pettis? Or is that a bad thing, or is it not a thing? It just doesn't matter. But I, all but they I, drafted all three, whichever ones are the best. I think it's whatever ones are the best. But I actually think if Dante Pettis is going to have success, and if you're the Niners, you're still wanting to have success. You traded up to get him. He's a second-round pick. He is what he is. But you can't have three of him. Like, when I was in Philly, we had Jeremy and Deshaun. Like, it was just a little too soft. If you would have had Deshaun and Mike Evans, or Jeremy and Crabtree, like, you need a balance. Well, you get these two guys to go with Pettis. Pettis should be happy. His other two counterparts are tough guys. You can't have Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. That's just too soft. You will lose. But you can have these two cats and Pettis and Marquise and kind of intermix them all with Kittle. You're like, okay, I got something, right? Well, I think you're so right because I – and I – you know, we go back to when he was drafted. I I viewed him as kind of a number three NFL receiver. I was surprised they drafted him in the second round or that he was a second-round pick. But if he can also return, fine. But I think you nailed it, man. Like, to maximize him, he needs to not be the first or second best option. But you, you called his games in college, right? Yeah. You had been around the program. Did it ever feel like – it always felt like everyone was blowing their defense and their DBs where the guy's like, that's an NFL guy, that's an NFL guy. Not that Pettis wasn't an NFL guy, but I kind of look at him like Colton Miller – now, Colton went a lot higher, but both those two guys, when you're viewed that highly in NFL circles, and it may have turned out only by a couple, you usually feel their presence when you're around the program or watching the game on TV, right? Because it's usually yeah, you're talking about Yeah, to the me guy. the difference was he played such a premium position and had been, the year prior, him and John Ross were just outrageously explosive. Um, and then he comes back, and he's their number one guy. It's harder to have as good a year because there's no John Ross. But he still is an electric returner. So he, like, to me, he was every bit as impactful just in terms of everyone was talking about him as a college guy. But it wasn't like, Nikhil Harry was every bit as impactful as a college guy. As the one. But it, yeah, but it was, what is he going to be as a pro was a part of that conversation. Whereas with Pettis, it was just, this guy's amazing here at UW. I, it was never like, wait, wait till he gets to the next level. You just articulated what I was trying to say. And usually... When a guy is a no-brainer pro, we like we were talking about Amari. G- Jerry Judy's a good example. Every time Alabama plays, and be like, how good is this guy going to be on Sundays? When you hear Vern, I guess not Vern anymore, whoever calling Alabama games, it's going to be Nestler. This guy is a Sunday player. Like that's in the vernacular in, in September, and that never quite felt that way with Dante. Though, once he broke the record, were you calling the game? He broke the record. Uh, uh, I think he tied Deshaun Jackson. But, like, when he ties, so the moment he ties, I remember you had the call, got tweeted out, went viral, and you're in the same sentence as Deshaun Jackson. What's the average football fan going to be like? Oh, this guy's an NFL player. Like, he's a dynamic. Why is he not, Why does he return punts? How does he not return punts? It was literally his greatest asset in college. He broke a record of a guy, well, he was just a college player. No, that's the fucking Deshaun Jackson. 
don't do you agree that you have to give this guy a try to return some punts when that's something that he had a lot of success with in college? Yeah. This is where I, I think so, yes. Like, that's my basic answer is yes. But again, like, well, if he's also your number one or number two receiver, it just feels too risky to me. But uh, but I'd say this. Deshaun, Odell Beckham, Patrick Peterson, they were drafted a lot. Well, I guess Deshaun wasn't, but the other two guys were drafted in the first round. Early on in their career, even when they started on offense, they returned. Right. Like, it's it, no, I, I know. It's not unheard of. No, no. Right? I, I, I think you can put them back there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a bright spot. Those two guys dominated as, as they should. I mean, they're just good good players. Now, the problem sometimes with these preseason games is just, you know, when you're scoring touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you're not going against guys that you're ever going to see on Sundays. But you just chalk it up. That's what they should do because they were drafted high. And then I think the question is, well, like, why are they, why are they still in the game? Like Richie, get Richie James in there. Like, get these guys out. They're they're too good for this. Which is which is a positive. But the 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 record was he passed Deshaun for the Pac-12 record. Is what it was. Does he own the NCAA record? Uh, yeah, I think because I think is it Welker did it. But that, again, see see the names you throw out. Yeah, like, this is when you throw out these names. It's not like oh that guy just. Great college player. I mean, we've thrown out two names so, two guys. Yeah, he passed Welker. So a Welker and Deshaun. And usually that translates. And it translated for both those two guys as punt returners. One of the way, had six. One of the ways Welker dominated early on in his career, and I think where he caught the eye of, I don't know, this guy named Bill Belichick, was returning punts as an undrafted free agent. Obviously, Deshaun was drafted much higher and played immediately, but Andy had him returning punts the first couple years. I was there, I think his my first year was his third year he was returning punts. Might have been his second. Maybe it was his third. Yeah, it was his third. He was he was our punt returner. Now once you once you get a risky hit or whatever, you pull him off, but I don't know. I, I I'm a big believer you have to do it. Well, this is where I go back to I think Debo and Jalen Hurd being good makes me more open to it. Right? If those guys are good, then, then I don't need as much from Dante Pettis in the past game. And I feel a little better about putting them out there on punts. I feel less confident just watching their team. Like, they are, and we knew this before, but you just watch a preseason game. Like, I think they can make the playoffs, but their margin for error is zero. You know what's funny is that you and I have been... And, part, and again, we, p- uh, people like Middle Cut, you keep calling them a playoff team. I also think that 9-7 and seven might win this division. I... Because the, the Niners are definitely not like an 11 or 12 win team. But I think this division is not as good. That, that's part of my deal. Like if they played in the I, NFC East, you would not hear me calling the Niners a playoff team. Or or I, or I, think, I have a chance. Yeah, but but to me, it's there's a nuance there. Like you and I have been obviously really high on Jimmy. But I think we've talked openly. More, I think we talk more about their flaws than we do their positives as a team. Like way more. Like a lot of people, you know, it's become kind of a trendy for some people to pick them to make the playoffs. I think we talk about it more like they need to make the playoffs than like we they're ob- they, I don't look at them and think they're obviously a playoff team, right? Yeah. And I certainly the preseason did not help uh, in that regard, but it's preseason, so okay. But well, part of it is they're most talented guys. I can't depend on them playing in games. Like I, and this is what happens. Like I think Jalen Smith is a good example of this. He's a great example of everything that Balky ever hoped when he took an injured guy. 
you take an injured guy, and for all we thought of that first year was like, God, that was a risky pick. Jalen's never going to be the same. He's got drop foot. Remember that first year, it was like, you know, he looks okay, but he's slow. Then last year, he not only just started, but he looked like the old Jalen Smith. Wally Pip, Sean Lee, they draft Van Der Esch, and it's all of a sudden is like, are Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith now the Willis and Bowman of the league? And then you're watching last night, about three plays in, they're just crushing people. And Jalen looks awesome. You no longer view Jalen Smith, because once, once you play three straight years and never miss a game, I don't refer to you as drop foot always injured guy anymore, right? You just, Jalen Smith's a badass. Like, how much Jalen Smith going to get paid? You, you know what's underrated about the Cowboys is Stephen Jones talking scheme publicly. Yeah, he was getting made fun of a little on my timeline. But I, like, they're not going to know who the mic is. Someone's like, never, we've never seen a defense <laughs> like this before. Someone's like, they just point to the guy in the middle, Stephen. But it also shows you, like, football is really complicated. And it's about kind of a, I wouldn't call it a remedial comment, but just it's something that he's, he might know what it is, but he actually might not really know what it, he doesn't have to know what it is. Like he, he's, he's just in charge of fucking, he owns a goddamn team. Like most owners couldn't tell you, like that's not how most fans, most people, and this is my problem with NFL Twitter to defend Steven Jones is they think that's like normal for people to know. Most people don't know this shit. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.